folks, this episode of the Redneck Country Podcast is brought to you by OutdoorFunctions.com. OutdoorFunctions.com is an online calendar-based system where you can go on, scroll month to month to month so that you ensure you don't miss any kind of outdoor function coming down the pipe. Anything from clinics to banquets to fundraisers to gun club events, whether it's practices or competitions, folks, they're all on there. Head on over to OutdoorFunctions.com and take a look. You can even sort by the type of event you want to look for. At this point in time, they have completely wiped their calendar due to COVID to ensure all the events that are posted there are truly happening. And therefore, folks, they need your help to rebuild it for free. Go on and hit the event submission button on the top right and be able to put your event in there to start to populate this calendar back up post-COVID so that we can all get back out and enjoy the outdoors together. So folks, spread your wings, try some outdoor events, and please be sure to check out www.outdoorfunctions.com. Hey folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You are on with Real Redneck Todd Millard, and of course we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? Good evening, everybody. Happy August 12th. It's a good night for a podcast. Another good night, I should say, before we get too far into it, is my daughter's 17th birthday. So I should wish her a happy birthday before I forget. It is. It is. Happy birthday, Cheyenne. Wicked. That is so cool. And what did you do? Uh, Because you're on a podcast right now with us. (laughs) I know. I know. It's your evening. The almost guy uh, almost had a birthday celebration. That's it. Yeah. Are you going to introduce your dad first or are we going to jump right into it? I wasn't going to, but yes, we we also got the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, real redneck Don Millard, and he is in studio, so he doesn't drive us insane with his technological abilities on his iPhone. So, Dad, are you with us? Your mic on? Are you hot? I'm here. I'm. It's another beautiful night. I'm in the studio, and I I would like to wish Bill's daughter a happy 17th birthday. I hope she had a good one. Awesome. Thank you for her. Yeah. I'll there. Okay, I did the intro. The so, <laughs> sorry. What's that? I'll get her to listen in the first couple of minutes, and I'm sure she'll be a <laughs> minute twenty. In tune that's, with happy that's, that's all she's got to do is a minute twenty. <laughs> that's it. So. <laughs> all right. So, what'd you do tonight? What was yeah, what, so what was the birthday celebrations that almost were? Well, the almost guy, uh, we got some Mandarin takeout because we've been on a, a 10-year tradition that every birthday for the last 10 years, we've taken her to the Mandarin. And with social distancing and, and the COVID stuff and buffets being one of the last things that they're ever going to open up, she still wanted to do something Mandarin related. So you so, broke into the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. Chevy Chase vacation style. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my my youngest daughter has a heart of gold, I tell you. And what she did was she recreated or tried to the Mandarin birthday experience. So she set up the the kitchen table chairs. She's what? Seven, six, seven? Seven. Yeah, she just had a birthday not too long ago. So she's seven years old and she wanted to do something for Big Sister. And uh, she made sure that the chairs were set up like when you first walk into the mandarin so everybody is seated and waited for they're calling to the the tables and she uh, set up uh the um uh, the balloons that look like chinese torches or the, the lanterns <laughs> chinese lanterns and she put a she, she got a hat with the the hawaiian uh, uh lay across the top where they take the pictures and the fancy mandarin pictures so Cheyenne had her full-blown at-home Mandarin birthday experience. That is so, so cool. Was she pumped? 
Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was pretty pretty impressed with everything that her younger sister thought of yeah. uh, for her to do. That's and, like the ultimate birthday present because it's like she thought enough of her to do that much. Yeah, yeah, she uh, she did, and she was a little heartbroken because it didn't go exactly the way. Violet had it in mind for the entrance into the room and stuff, but <laughs> that's the seven you know, year old in her. Yeah, I get it. I, I get she, it. <laughs> she, uh, she had a picture perfect uh, way of what she wanted and it didn't go. But anyways, <laughs> it, it all worked out in the end and we got some real nice pictures. And as every 17 year old does, they don't want to spend the entire night with their, their old parents. So she's at, uh, just being dropped off to go to the drive-in with one of her, uh, uh, female friends there, uh, good friend uh, Emma, who is one of her best friends, and that's what they're doing tonight. Going to go see Greece at oh, the good uh, drive in theater. Jeez, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a hard pass for me. <laughs> Nor was I invited. So I was gonna say, matter. I gotta, I gotta have to call her up and go, like, um, really? You're you, you I didn't have to steal your dad away for a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think That's... her mom was heartbroken because her mom wanted to go with and her, she but... didn't invite her. <laughs> no, no, she oh, didn't, no didn't get the invite. Oh, so. too funny. I got I got a story about the Mandarin, but I won't share. Aside from I uh I was kicked out of a Mandarin once. But um it all I'll say is it will involve a bunch of different tables on the way back from the buffet and Todd with a giant crab claw. And we'll let it go from there. <laughs> just, a manager showed up, put his arm around me, and we kindly walked outside. <laughs> but, <laughs> you were asked not to return. Uh, let's just say, uh, yeah, I was, uh, and they didn't even give me a doggy bag. I had to wait for everybody else to finish and get outside to meet me outside. <laughs> but yeah, I, was, I I could save that for another another time. It was quite it was yeah. quite fun and humorous. But anyway, yeah, I'll probably never get to bring it up again. I'm good with that. So regardless of that, Dad, what'd you get up to this? Do I want to ask this question? What this week? Oh, uh, <laughs> he just woke up, folks. <laughs> yeah, you're going to ask me. Are you talking to me? I don't want to ask this question. I'm waiting for the question. Well, every afternoon I have. I have my two granddaughters and uh, Avery keeps me going. She, she says, we got to do two walks this afternoon. So she keeps me exercising and uh, I've been doing exercises on my shoulder. Actually, I still can't lift my trap gun and I'm going to miss another shoot night again tomorrow night. I just got new glasses. I got new shooting glasses with a nice tint and I can't shoot because I still can't have got the strength in that arm after my fall on uh, holiday Monday to lift that that gun i've been lifting a broom trying to strengthen the arm but that's not the same as a gun so. <laughs> i get a text the other night of him doing his exercises and he's lifting a broom up like a like a shotgun <laughs> i'm like geez you gotta start somewhere I well yeah the, and i'm like wait a minute if you're doing that how's my aunt getting home <laughs> <laughs> the weekend was pretty wicked for us we went to um some falls and went fossil finding and did all kinds of stuff it was really 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 cool and then we went fishing and megan caught okay. her first yeah man and megan caught her first crappy which i was able to say well, hey that is one of the tastiest fish freshwater fish you, you can get did you keep it and cook it or we did, did not we only caught the one i where we were fishing uh, it's a friend of mine 
and um, it's it's a dam, and so it, on their property that has been on the family property forever. So it, it's always been loaded. A dad and I remember my my dad and my grandfather taking me to this spot. And you catch everything from uh, a dogfish, which I guess is a ling, to uh, heck, man, rock trout? bass, sunfish, trout? trout, pike. Had a pike on the other night, and now apparently crappy are in there. Bass. And, and bass. And then my wife, I remember before we were married, we were dating, and so I took her down there to go fishing. And there was massive, massive-sized carp trying to get up the dam, and like clearly not gonna, right? Because, I mean, like the dam's like 30 feet in the air. And trying to get up. And so we had taken popcorn to eat while we were fishing. And she put it on and she's, I'm like, man, what? Like, hey, you're wasting popcorn and they ain't going to bite when next thing you know, <laughs> and she had to have this 20 pound carp ripping her line through that damn water. Like you wouldn't believe next thing I know, I'm kind of climbing down the cement embankment towards the, the shore amongst the woods. And I had to pick this sucker up and I could barely lift it. It snapped the line in my hands from just rolling over. Like it was pretty, so it, it's wow. got some history there and it's been, they've been friends of our family for, since before I was born, it, uh, my, my buddy that now owns it, his sister used to babysit me. Uh, way back in the day so and now they're they're still all friends so and that's it's the mill where dad got his wood for his uh his latest project that we just built so yeah it's pretty cool and i got interrupt here for a minute sitting in this studio is pretty cool because my youngest seven-year-old granddaughter avery just snuck down here really quietly and handed me a plate of cake and a fork so this is a pretty cool podcast. Yeah. And I will have you know that I did not get one. No, I, I'm grandpa. Uh, I, I got the cake. This is awesome. <laughs> Good. Grief. I tell you though, that, that, uh, body of water there holds something special for you too. Cause you don't even have to get on a boat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although the top of the dam, it used to be horrible. It used to be just, well, it, the, the water wasn't managed as well because it's controlled by another dam that the family used to own, but donated it many, many, many moons ago. And now it's a conservation area. And so that dam's controlled. And so that water fluctuates and it never used to really be that well. But recently, the last bunch of years, it's been really well uh, managed, I'll say. And so now he's got the top bit nicely groomed and there's lily pads we we shoot some ducks in there from time to time uh, during duck season me and scotty have gone and snuck in and chased some ducks around the the top of that that dam but the um he's got it groomed all nice now and he's got a little 12 foot aluminum that you could go out in so it, it may happen yet he apparently there's a whack load of bass in the top bit but i've, I've never fished the top bit because it's never been that great but now it yeah. uh it, he says it's pretty good so we might have to go give it a try but yeah i was impressed with the amount of different fish species that are in there and how much you can catch. I mean, you put a worm on, you don't know what's coming out and those kids have fun. Now, obviously I was using lures cause well, just cause I'm a man. That's it. That's it. You can't <laughs> use worms. But. I used to take Todd and his sister when they were just little guys down there fishing. And so he's fished there his whole life. It's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. And it's, it's, it's kind of quaint and easy to get to and easy to sit. And so, and the, the family's awesome. I, I tell them all the time, you guys are awesome. You guys are rock stars. They're like, oh, anytime. Cool. Gave us the code to the gate and away we go. So, and oh, now they've awesome. built like this little cottage deal, part of the mill with their office. And they, hey, you can use the bathroom in there. And uh, so now it's even better. So, yeah, it's pretty That's wicked. That's it. But passing something down from uh, generation to generation and, you know, 
making memories and having some fun. That, that's what it's all about, you know? Yeah, it Getting is Getting awesome. out into the wilderness and enjoying the time. So, did you, uh, did you do any cooking? <laughs> well, actually I did because I also, Jen's, Jen, our, our friends, and uh, one of Jen's friends is that is a hairdresser and, and for some pretty big name people. And so I hadn't had a haircut since December 9th. And as you stated, it's now August 12th. And so I was looking pretty shaggy. So she, and, and I can't because she, it's particular. She's very particular on how she cuts my hair and everything else. So she, they finally came over for the first time since like this COVID gig happened. And, uh, and so I, I cooked a venison roast actually on the barbecue and then ran out of propane. So I put it in the oven and, uh, and, <laughs> and then, so we had that, well, I got a haircut. So I did. What about you? I know you yeah. did. I don't even want to ask. Cause I get these yeah, pictures all the time. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't resist, uh, showing you them pictures. Uh, I'm not sure if I thought I showed you Don, but we did some, uh, low and slow, uh, ribs, uh, two big, uh, racks of, uh, pork ribs bought at the Costco and uh, took me six hours at 250 on the charcoal barbecue to get them exactly the way I wanted them. And it was, oh, a, a true rib is not exactly completely fall off the bone, but they were as close to fall off the bone as, as you could get. And my wife made a, a, a nice barbecue sauce, homemade barbecue sauce. And the two complemented each other just perfect. And I tell you what, it was just, uh, I was eating ribs for two days because, uh, again, the oldest goes out for dinner with her friends and I've got to eat extra ribs. You know, it just happens, right? But, I hear about your barbecue skills quite often. And uh, yeah, I'll, too bad we didn't live closer because I would be over more often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if they're skills, but were they're attempts. We'll give it the oh, now he's being modest. He's yeah. certified, <laughs> certified Weber barbecue chef, and uh, but they're not skills. <laughs> yeah. I got a certificate to say that I did it right once. So, so. <laughs> oh, too awesome. Yeah, no, but actually, to tell you what, it, it, it turned out turned out really good. Last time I did uh, ribs, I cooked them a little bit uh, too hot, so they cooked nice, but they weren't as tender as, uh, as these ones were. And, and, I, and everybody, um, Candace my, and, and the kids just ate them up best they could. But yeah, I wish you guys lived closer because I'd love to be able to share that with you. I'll tell you get what, your, uh, get your opinion on it. So one night this week, I was going to do chicken and dumplings and I went down to get some chicken out. When I come upstairs, my wife's sister had called and, uh, wanted wife, her broom back. Well, <laughs> that goes out. <well>, <laughs> she wanted and, to go uptown. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, my wife said that uh, <laughs> she had called and they had uh, ribs, ribeye steaks on sale, and she was craving a ribeye steak and wanted uh, her wanted my wife to go with her to pick some out if I would barbecue them. So I was up for that. So uh, I'd been listening to these uh, podcasts and listening to uh, Pond Predator because he's a chef, and so I went out and put the bar the potatoes on the barbecue, got them on high, all four burners, got the barbecue good and hot turning the potatoes when they were almost done. Then I went out and I threw these steaks right on that hot grill, then turned them down, seared them on the hot grill, then turned the temperature down and cooked them nice and slow, a little bit of barbecue sauce. And, and there weren't any leftovers. I didn't figure these girls would finish all their steak, but 
they did. So I had to settle for one. <laughs> That's pretty good that yeah. one of the Millards at least has the the gift of barbecue and, and making it happen <laughs> oh, through geez. the <laughs> process. <laughs> You're on your way yeah. to certification, Don. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> Apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right. So where are we going tonight? That's what I'm I was going to say. Let's get into her. Where are we going? So last week we were what? Goose hunting. I'm pumped to, to talk about more. We, we left it with the... Uh, keeping you in suspense of the what i consider the best decoy pattern for geese if you got if you got the decoy spread and if you can make it happen and i said there's some choice every every spread has its has its place but this one if you can make it happen if you got those optimal conditions the j-hook is the way to do her and i guess i call it a j-hook just because you need two syllables but it's a j or it's a hook. So I guess it's a J hook. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> so you want to go right. there? Do we want to yeah, break think we it really, down? I think, I think so. I think it's time. I mean, we don't need to rehash on everything that we talked about last time. No, go, got to go back and we, re-listen, uh, re-listen to that. Yeah, no, but if, I think this one. Go back. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think this one needs to, we'll talk about the J hook, but we'll talk, we'll share some stories. Because I, I love so. sharing some waterfowl stories on how we use these now so that maybe you can pull some some tips, tricks, what to do, what not to do uh, from kind of some of our stories over the years that we've we've done and uh, what was successful, what wasn't with using all these so, decoy patterns. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. So I'll break it down. So the J-hook. J-hook. The reason we do not use this all the time is because you've got to have the shooting area in the right spot it has to be towards a safe direction which is clear with any kind of hunting you're doing right so you got to make sure you don't have the the barns in the way or anything like that and that is crucial because now when you set up a a v or 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 anything like that you know that they're going to come into that pocket when i talk about the u or if you talk about the four family configurations like taking that dice with the the four dots and they're going to land in the middle you know where they're going to land. They're going to come in to the wind and they're going to drop in. And so you set up the big U, they're coming in the middle. You set up those four families, they're coming in the middle. With the J-hook, what you're trying to get them to do is come right down the line of decoys and, and fall into the inside of that hook. And so the wind's got to be going the right direction so that you could set up the decoys in the right area and make sure you're shooting in the safe distance. So you got to control that. And then therefore the wind's got to be strong enough that they're going to come down that line because they could come from the other way or any which way. If there's not enough wind to dictate exactly how they're going to come in and land, they're going to get around you and land on the opposite side of the J of the end of the J right. So, or they're going to end at the tail and so as much of a, a, as much of a good setup as it is, it is a gamble that you've got all the conditions. You got it right into your favor. And that's a, a, heavy, a hard win, which I will tell you, I believe is a good, good wind. And the wind's got to be coming from the end of the J right up that line. Right. So you got to make sure that you're going to be facing in a safe shooting distance. Why I say that is because you can't be when you set your blinds up. 
you don't have the options like you do on the four families where you could pick any one of the four dots of decoys that you got that you could put your blinds in so that you're facing whichever way you need to face. So you're not going to be shooting at a barn or at a farmhouse in the direction of a road, anything like that. With the J hook, you can't be in that bottom end J because this is what makes it successful is not setting up on that hook, not even being down near where the J ends, where that, where it swoops around the hook end or being on the other side of that little short hook. You want to be on the long line of the J. And so now you've limited how you can use this when you can use it. And again, a heavy wind so that when you set that J up, they're going to be coming in because they land into the wind. They use the wind to slow them down and drop in so they can come right down that line. That maximizes your opportunity. And what we found is we'll set up 20 yards 25 yards up from where that hoop is in the J and in that line, we'll make that line so long. I mean, we got so many decoys, but you don't need that, that many decoys for it, but it is easier. The more decoys you got, because we will make that line like a runway strip and we'll take that thing out 70, 80 yards long. And it's the same theory with the, the V that I talked about last week, where it really thin out there at 70, 80 yards long. Cause you don't want them comfy landing. You put four or five decoys in a bunch on that end. They'll land with those decoys. You don't, you want them coming right down that line. So you make it really thin. And as you come down, you'll go maybe three or four or five decoys, depending if you're at 80 yards, 70 yards down, maybe you're only 60 yards down. So you can start to fill it out. And so you fill out the J and make the J 3d as you're coming down that line, but where you are with your blinds is you have a line of decoys and then you're right behind that line, 25 yards up from where that J starts to hook and along that long line, those geese now. Yeah. If you got to cut me off, I was just going to say those geese, when they're coming in, they're not looking at you. They're looking where they're going to land, which now you've taken yourself out where a lot of guys want to land with their feet in their face, right? And that's the big saying, feet in your face. They're going to land on you. They see you jump up. In the J hook we found on when we're on that side, they're looking where they're going to land, which is the exact opposite direction of you. They're looking down in that circle where that J ends, that little hoop, and off to the far side of that hoop, and you're on the opposite side. We've jumped up, put our guns up, and they don't even flare. They don't even move. They just keep on dropping, coming right in. And oh, it, I'm telling you, it's the best. Okay, go. So I got all kinds of questions, but I'm going to start off with just the foundation of fundamental. So this is the same type of start point as you do with every other setup. You start by setting up your blinds first. Well, Ed, yes and no. I, we've, I've tried it and ended up moving the blinds, but we've tried it and done it right. Because what happens is as we start to fill out that J, if you put your blinds down first and you want to make sure you go 25 yards before you start that hoop. And what will happen is as you're setting up er, that early in the morning, it it's hard to judge that in a dark field, if you're 25 yards, if you're 30 yards, how far you are, as the light comes up, you're like, crap, we're too close to that hoop. If you're too close, that's fine. They're still going to, but they're, it's not going to be as effective if you're back from it. Right. Cause you want them, you're technically wanting those geese to, to fly past you and you right. hit them from the side as they're dropping down and they're almost parallel or almost past you which is good because when you jump up and start shooting, by the time they realize you're pulling the trigger and then they start to flare, 
I mean, you're, you're out of three shells. You're good to go. So, so, so yeah, you can, but I, I typically on the J I start the hoop and I will line start it. The hoop first and work yeah. your way up the, and up that the far side of that hook, the short side, the J side, you've got to make it wide enough. And here's the other tricky part is wide enough that they want to land in it. But if you make it too tight, they're going to land hot further back up the J because they won't come into a 25 yard space there or a 20 yard space. That's too tight. You've got to make it about 35. We make it what 50 yards. So that, that, that hook will be about 50 yards wide because they are going to land 20 yards out from the line. And then that pocket, the deeper you make it, the deeper they go in knowing though, that they're still going to probably geese are going to land about 10, 15, 20 yards out from any decoy just because they're in their comfort zone and family, they'll land and then they'll walk into the decoys, right? So you want to you wanna be prepared for that, that, okay, I'm, I'm 20 yards off that, that's where they're going to land. At 20 yards is where they're going to drop in from, that, from the end of that pocket. So you want to push it another 20 yards maybe if you want them to swing by you even further, but then be cognizant that they might swing past you at, at a good rate of speed before they really start slowing down to drop in. Right. So I, we find that about 30 yards is, is usually the, the magic spot, 30 yards from the, and that's the first blind starts 30 yards from the beginning of that hoop. Then, you know, okay, they're just going to be 10 yards past the first blind. Well, that's awesome because they come in the first guy on that first blind is the first one to pull up and start pulling the trigger. The string of geese dropping are right in line with everybody else. And it's go yeah. time. To, to help yeah, and that, that's um, good. I was just going to add to help you understand a little bit, Bill, this is, this J is something that you use. You have to use if the wind is really strong and you know, the way they're going to be flying into the wind and, uh, and then that direction you're going to shoot the way the wind is blowing and you can't shoot that direction. So, you know, you've got to do something different. So you put the J in with the, the arm of that J facing the way the wind is blowing and so when you sit on that, you're actually shooting 90 degrees to the direction the wind's blowing, but now you're not shooting with the wind. You're shooting across the wind. So now you're shooting in a safe direction. Do you, do you follow yeah. me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just uh, going to ask another question about prevailing winds and, and does it matter in your, in your area um, if the wind is blowing strong from a particular direction? is this more effective yeah it, de- it, it depends on the fields that we got so it, it, it again field, it's all safety you yeah you're all the way back and we typically will be like hey we can use it and now get, don't get me wrong i mean who cares about safety if it's a huge field and you could shoot in the safe direction then if there's a strong wind we're using the j the problem with the j is that you have to you're shooting sideways you can only use it if you can shoot in that safe direction right yeah, so it's it's not always optimal because then with the the v you can shoot feet in your face with them dropping india with the four families you can put yourself in the safe direction and they're going to be dropping into the middle so you pretty much hit them from any side right but you got a greater so, odds of being detected in that type of uh, decoy spread let's talk about depth so now now that you've got the you've established your hook and you're coming up 30 yards and you're dropping your first blind and you're dropping your second blind five to 10 yards, I guess, or more in between first and second blind, that first string or the first uh, set of decoys on your arm, how many decoys deep 
are you going to go in in the J? Into uh, the J? The yep. bigger you make that circle, the more comfy they're going to be to land closer to that that hoop opening in there, right? Because it's safety in numbers. So we will load that sucker up. I mean, it will be, we'll put 10, 10 15 decoys deep on that, oh, on that hoop, right? Don't have to, yeah. right? But it makes them, because I do, what I don't want is I don't want them landing, want, looking at the outside of that J. When they're coming down that long line and they see the J swoop up, and if you make that far side, the little short hook of the of the J, if you make that wide and deep, like put four or five decoys wide there, that, that's a big line. Well, they're going to land right on the end of that, and they're going to carry that J on and make it the U, right? Yeah, you don't want that. You, you want them landing in that circle, in that center of the hoop. So you make that little hook of the J, you come up about 20 yards. But, I mean, your single geese line, the last three, four geese to finish that small hook of the J side up so that they don't want to land there. And then the more you put on the hoop of that circle, like the, the bottom of it, it, it just makes them even more comfy. And then again, you make it really wide, really deep. They're not going to want to fly over it and land behind that J. They're going to want to land in that circle. We've never yep. had them fly over that, those, that bunch of decoys that make that bottom of that J that J we've never had them fly over it and land on the other side. And you got to remember they're, they're coming into land too. They're just coming down. So, uh, they're nice targets. In fact, they haven't even landed yet. So we've never had any land the other side when we use the J. Yeah. You, we make it wide enough at that bottom, bottom circle that they're, they can't, I mean, if they wanted to land, they got to fly another 30 yards, 40 yards, get to the other side. And why? when this nice, beautiful, big safety zone is right there. Yep. And then when you, as you're going up the arm, um, how many deep? So I'll say coming down from the arm. So if we go out 70 yards plus, right, the first four or five are, are single geese. The last, the very last one, I will make the Sentinel. So I really want to deter them from landing near that, the very end. Cause I mean, that's out of range, right? And so you don't want them landing way down at the end of that line. So it's a single sentinel standing there looking for danger. And then I'll put another one about, again, five yards apart. We, we keep the decoys really spaced out because that's the comfort level for them, right? Lots of room. So uh, another five yards, I'll put one. And it doesn't matter. I'll usually make it a feeder. I'll never put a couple sentinels together because usually sentinels are looking for danger. You got three, four geese with their heads up all in one spot. Something Something's up. So one sentinel and then I'll put, you know, three or four, five yards apart. And then I'll start to go, okay, now we're going to put two. So I'm going to keep that line. So I keep the J line and I'm going to put one on the inside of it staggered. The next one, I'm going to go three wide. Now you're getting closer to our blinds. So by the time you get to our blinds, you know, you're probably four geese, four decoys wide. And now you're going around our blinds and still keeping the line of the J right in front of our blinds down into the hoop. Again, all five yards apart. We'll take that four wide now and we will take that all the way straight don't make it any wider because again they can now pick the right side or the 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 outside of the j and land behind your blinds yeah right so you don't want that that's why it's a really gradual it doesn't look like it's another j right there another elbow it's a it's a line gradual line out behind your blinds and we will keep it that wide and of course you don't need four decoys wide now because you've got your blinds that are in there 
And so you're now come behind your blinds and straight down to the bottom. Now you're getting towards the, the base of the J and now you just keep that line going straight out for as many decoys as you want, because that is, they're not going to land back there. The deeper you make that, the just the more comfy they are to get closer to the end of that hoop of the J inside the J. Does so that make this sense? Is, this is worth late season, early season. Does not matter. It really with all of our spreads, it doesn't matter what, what time of season. Obviously we have more success in the early season. Cause I mean, they're, they're dumb as fence yeah. posts for the, for the most part sure. in that, but it really, it's not as much as that is it's more the conditions. It's more, if there's a lot of wind, we know we always want to go to the J it's just without a lot of wind that J opens up a lot of vulnerabilities where they could land on the other side of that little small J they could land behind you like there's, or they could come in from the other and land in the bottom of the J where if there's a lot of wind, they're fighting to get into that field. They're going to land in the safety zone as soon as they can. And so they're not going to fly around it or anything. They're going to go right down and in the middle. Right. So a lots of winds dictates that it, and it keeps them to that line because you can now put that line of decoys right with the wind. So they're going to come right down that line. So story time. Tell me, yeah. tell me one time last year the, that, that this worked. And well, what was the condition? I will tell you the best hunt we've ever done. Well, one of the best hunts. We've had a lot. We've had it where we limited out in like four and a half minutes or something. Three of us, 30 geese down. And as we're picking decoys up, they're still coming around us. But the same fields. The, the, the one landowner that's a good friend of ours has so many fields. But it's the same concession just a different field over and so this one we actually had a newer hunter with us so we had four of us me dad scott and this newer hunter and it was just right we could we could use the j and this gentleman never shot a goose before and so we set it up and thought all right this is going to be this is going to be pretty good so we set that j up and put it in and we knew there was some geese coming into it scotty actually i think scouted it right yeah scotty found the field and this might have been one of the first or second times we hunted this field but he found the geese in it and it was all excited hey you know where we got permission and they're going in there and oh this is great so we never really knew how many were going in so we set this j up and we put ourselves on the on the on the line and i believe the first flock i made the far side of the j a little too wide because that first flock came in and it's as it started to land, it kicked out and landed out like 45 yards on the end. And like I said, it wanted to complete the J and make it a U. That flock landed out there. And so I quickly, okay, now we've got to thin that out, maybe make it a little bit wider so they want to land in the middle. Maybe I was too tight and too many decoys over there. So we took those decoys, put them back in the, in the back of the U, a few decoys that made it wide. So it was a single line. And then we made it a little bit wider. So they wanted to land in the middle. And then after we did that, oh my gosh, they just started coming in. And we have a YouTube video on our YouTube channel on Redneck Country's YouTube YouTube channel of, of Scott. So we were out there and I wish Scott was on this one because this is also the same the, the, the same hunt that he was shooting bands out from under me, the jerk. Cause when <laughs> you, you, we, we set up, so we know I'm usually the lead guy. Scotty will be next to me. We had the new guy and then dad's cleanup. And just cause he's, he's a good shot is what we'll say. But the other side is he's also slow to get up. So he always shoots, <laughs> he always shoots cleanup, <laughs> but, but then there's dad on the, on the far end. And so we've got this long J and uh, we're on the edge. They're coming in. And when we jump up, 
they don't even look at us. They just, wings are still set and they are still dropping in. And I'm going, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is pretty good. So we started, we just started hammering the geese and this new, newer shooter, he, he was struggling on hitting them. He didn't, he didn't hit one yet. And so as we're going on, we were laughing and cutting up and having a blast and we don't hunt with a dog. So we're having to get up every other volley of geese coming in when, okay, have we got a minute? We got time, run out and grab them. And there was so many times that we were out there and there was a small flock would come in and bust us it, and we were laughing. And we were like, well, we screwed that up. And you don't laugh when you screw up a hunt out. We were having so much fun shooting and we were not worried because we were dropping geese like crazy. It was like we were laughing when we screwed it up. I mean, it was insane. We had so many down. I uh, I know it. the, the same hunt is on YouTube where I, I shot a triple with my GoPro on. It just happened. And it's on our YouTube channel. And then the Scotty, we had a, a bunch come in behind us and circled around they never came down the line of the J. they stayed on the outside of the J, which would be behind us the whole way in and instead of circling down over and dropping in they just landed right behind us well as they're coming down they're scotty's going they're behind us they're landing they're landing behind us well there's only 20 yards behind us so i'm like okay well, what do we do? We got to take them. So let's take them. So we turn around and took them. Well, here come these geese dropping in. I line up on my goose and wham, it falls. I didn't even get to pull the trigger. I line up on the next one, wham, and it drops. Like, what's going on? And then next thing I know, dad and Scott are both pounding one and down it comes. And I'm like, what the heck, Scott? That was my goose. And he's like, oh, was it? I'm like, dude, that was clearly the lead goose. I lined up on the lead goose. I pulled the, I was about to pull the trigger and it dropped. I line up. Okay. You got that one. I line up on the second lead geese now, which is now the lead goose and it drops. What about the four in front of you that you let go? And he looks at me with a big grin and goes, those ones weren't banded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he gets up and runs over and I'll be darned. Both those birds he shot out from under me were banded. And then the one that I believe him and dad double teamed, it had two bands on the dang legs. I'm like, no what way. the, Oh, double banded. I'm going, what's going on? I didn't even get to pull the trigger on those. And he was grinning from ear to ear. I'm sorry, buddy. He said it for a week. I'm sorry, buddy. I know I shouldn't have shot those geese out. But I said, Scott, you're saying it with a grin on your face, you jerk. Yeah. And uh, I got to apologize to the guy that we had because I, you're so amped up in the moment and we're pulling these in and, and, and Scotty's yelling, yeah, there's, there's a band, there's a band. And he goes, can I have a band? And I said, you earned those bands. And I yelled it, but I was a little jacked <laughs> up. You don't just get bands. you got to shoot no, them. You no. get them. That's a trophy. So yeah, that's, this, that's the one thing I've never got. I've never got a goose band. Well, and, got I, a, and I went forever with it. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I shot a band in Mallard one time, uh, Lake Ontario. I mean, it's a story for another time, but uh, a banded goose, uh, to me, it, to your point, it, that's the trophy. That's, well, you see, it, the, you see the guys with the calls and they got the bands. Yeah, all yeah it all that, depends on the area. The picture in my mind. The area you hunt, I believe. We used to hunt a different area for years and years when I first started hunting. And I mean, we would drive an hour to go and it was just because we knew that area from other activities we did without giving away the area. Uh, so other activities that we were partaking in, we got to know all the farmers in that land and it was a 45 minutes hour away. And so, but that area, there's no banding programs, the geese typically. So I went, I don't know. I don't even know that. How many years did we hunt up there? 10 years? Yeah. 
and and I, I we never seen a band. I mean, it just didn't happen. And you you hear about. I mean, it was before Facebook, but you hear about guys getting bands, and you're like, yeah, well, you, I've I've shot so many geese, and I've never got a band. And it's just the area. And around here now, yeah. you're getting more and more banding programs happening. So the bands are are coming a little more fluent, I will say. But but I yelled that at him. I'm like, you earned those bands. <laughs> Scotty's gritted, and I'm like, wait a minute, Scott didn't earn them. He stole them. <laughs> but regardless. The right place at the right time. He's so for jewelry. Oh yeah. But the best part of that hunt was at the end, we've got we've got 39 geese of a 40 goose limit. And we're we're sitting there. We've got some in the decoys and a a, a flock of fours coming in and we're like, okay. This new shooter hasn't hasn't hit one yet. I mean, he's put jumped up, pulled the trigger with us every time, but he hasn't hit one yet. And so this is we're gonna just gonna we we we've just crushed geese. We're gonna wait and we will wait until until you get one. So a flock of four comes in and he jumps up and unloads and nothing. And we can't get out and pick the ones up. And there's some laying out in the decoy spread and everything else. We can't get them because they're still coming in. And so we're sitting there and, and there is a, a, maybe a wounded one or two out there and you're nervous, right? You're trying to keep an eye on them. You don't want them running away. And so, and they come and, and jump up and he'd miss the next bunch and, oh man. So we're like, okay, we got to go. There's one taken off. I mean, it's a hundred yards. We got to go grab this before. And so away we go. And I didn't even load my gun. My gun was empty at this time, but I always, dad taught me and probably the number one takeaway from anything, from anybody, for any time you're hunting, no matter what animal species you're hunting, is always take your gun with you. So dad has beat that into me. So I took my gun with me. Luckily, the GoPro was still on the end of it, but I took my gun with me. So dad took his gun. Scotty's out there. I don't think Scotty had his gun out there, but we're picking up geese and, oh, there's one over here. Well, there's one over here. And we're counting as we're going to make sure we do have the number count, right? And so next thing you know, here come two geese. Oh, here we go. These are going to, we're, they're going to land because two geese, that's dumbest fence post type geese right there. They're going to yeah. drop right in, right? They're looking for a family to hang with. So we're out in the decoys on the far side of the J. We are picking, and I said, lay down, lay down. So dad hits the ground. I hit the ground. Scotty's like a good hundred yards out in the middle of the field and he hits the deck. And so, and he's got a goose. We all got geese in our hands and I got my gun with the GoPro, but I'm unloaded. I got no shells in it. And in they come. So they come in and I yell to the new shooter, you stay in there, you take these. And so we're laying in the decoys and Scotty out in the middle of the field and we're watching. And in they come, they come in and they swoop around behind the J because they got to come down the line. They got to land into the wind and they came from with the wind. So they go by them, behind them, really high. They circle around and they start to drop in and wing set. They're doing some stalls. They're dropping fast, coming right down that hook. And I just start yelling, take them, take them, take them. And he jumps up and and they keep flying. I'm like, and then and he wings one and it's coming down. And I look up, I'm watching this thing come down. And as the, the, my eyes are coming down with the goose, I can now see Scotty in my peripheral vision and he's on his feet. He's trying to catch it. And he's running underneath it with his hands out, trying to catch this <laughs> goose. As and I'm like, out of the air. and I mean, it, by the time he hit this thing, it was up there. Like they were, they were climbing and taking off. 
And so I reached up and I had the wherewithal to hit record on my GoPro as this goose is coming down with a wounded wing. And Scotty, they're trying to judge how to catch it like it's a fly ball coming in with his arms cupped. And so this thing, he misses it by 10 yards in front of him. It hits the ground. And as it bounces on the ground, it comes up in the air with its feet moving like it's running in midair. And when it hit the ground, it takes off and comes right towards me and dad into the J of the goose. Well, Scotty is on a full tear and he's moving behind this thing. And I mean, Scotty's a big dude. He starts going. It's like, here comes the freight train, man. So he is, I know I got the video. He recorded it all on my GoPro and his goose calls are flying behind him. His hat flies off and literally I'm not kidding you this goose comes through our decoy line starts in the in the short hook of the J and takes that circle and it is bouncing off decoys and knocking them over as it goes through and Scott's on its tail just a trucking it goes around that J hook all the way out Scotty right behind it all the way down the line right back towards the blinds it goes past the new shooter and scotty on the video you can see he just gives up as he hits the last blind and that goose takes four more steps and falls over dead (laughs) (laughs) scotty came up puts his hands on his knees and he's breathing and that goose takes four more steps and just flops over dead (laughs) it was so it was so awesome to see it so i took the video from the gopro and if you go on our youtube channel the redneck country we uh uh, I put it to the, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, <laughs> dude, and I put it into slow-mo and uh, we, we, we fire it's, it up every now and then everybody, watch it. Anybody hasn't seen that, I tell you what, that's a good video. I basically chuckle on when I see that. I, I could watch it all day long because, I mean, I was there. And if if you do watch it, you'll note Dad tries to get up about five times and he keeps falling down. But you don't notice that because you're watching Scott chase the stupid goose through the decoys. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's It was an awesome hunt. It was great. So all said and no, done. It's when, funny like that, though. I mean, all, all you guys, you guys have hunted goose shot, shot tons of geese throughout your years. But you think a, a big thing like a dinner plate coasting into a decoy set, that's a gimme shot? No. Not a chance. You know, for, not a chance. But especially if there's multiples, because I, I find new hunters, and we've all done it when we're, we're new getting into it, we flock shoot. If yep. I got the pattern in my gun and I'm going to shoot at a whole bunch of birds, something's got to fall. Wrong. Well, new, no, that just does not happen. Dude, I'm pick glad your you bird, yeah. take your shot and, and go. I mean, I'm glad you brought it. that up. And I remember it wasn't my first hunt, but after that, I got I I mean, we had a very successful first hunt and I was cocky. So now the geese are coming in and we got decoys and they're dropping and I can't hit a darn thing. And I was so, so, so frustrated that I couldn't do it. But that's it. I'll tell you, it finally sunk in when dad said, Well, where are you shooting? Where was your shot? Do you know where you were aiming? And I thought about it and I went, I just unloaded three shells. I don't even know. I just know it was in the direction of the flock. I don't even know what goose, yep. and that's the key. I'm glad you brought that up, Bill, because that's, yeah, no, that's it, goose hunting that is, fundamental uh, 101. You've got to pick the bird. You've got to take your time. And if you panic and think you can just jump up and throw a whole bunch of steel out there, yeah, I'm sorry, it ain't happening, and it won't. Yeah. You've got to take your time, line up, and aim. And when you hunt with other guys – it's the pressure to get up and pull the trigger as fast as you can. Cause you got to beat the other guys and there's that panic mode. You won't hit yep. nothing. Just take your time, let them jump up and start pulling the trigger. You'll know the geese you shoot. 
You just yeah, everybody wants that triple, right? Everybody jumps up with yeah. a group of hunters, especially especially if they're seasoned hunters, experienced. They've set the decoys up or, or got the gear and the equipment, and you're being an invite to the group, and you want to show that you're a good hunter. And all of a sudden, you just dump three shells worth of lead in the or steel now, but in in the air, and all of a sudden nothing falls. You're like, well that was that was embarrassing yeah but you need to ask yourself up. do you know where you were shooting do you know right. where you where you shot on that good were you behind it were you in front of it because you should i mean and that's that goes for everything you shoot right like that that's clay target 101 where yeah. do you know if you know where you missed that's not a miss you're good to go because now you can correct that but that's it's right. the same for geese as big as they are and the other thing is you think they're moving slow because they're so big they're not moving slow. They got some wheels, man. They can they can cruise. Yeah, I've we've I've made that mistake in the past a lot. Where you know you, you put three shots in the air and you think that it's some fun. It, it you get there, you will get there with time. And it, just because there's twelve geese that come in doesn't mean you got to shoot twelve geese. Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. And, so and says the guy that drinks tea. Good grief. Yes, if twelve come in, twelve better not leave. <laughs> <laughs> As a solo new hunter, pick a bird, shoot a bird, and be and learn from it. Then pick two birds. Once the first one falls, pick a second one. And well, I'll yeah. tell you a good, good, good story about that. If we got a second, it's not about decoy setups, but yeah, no, no, no. goose hunting, goose hunting. So, I want to hear. Yeah, it. goose hunting, goose hunting stories. I mean, I, I'm not a, a goose hunter like you guys with all the equipment and stuff. I'm a back a backyard warrior. And, Literally, I had a, I had permission to hunt in my backyard, um, not my property, but my farm farmer friend beside me has, uh, has quite a bit of property here, and I thought I was going to be a goose hunter, and I still do. I, I've over the years collected silhouettes and and shells and uh, coffin blinds or the, uh, the final approach style um, layouts, yeah, blinds, yeah, layout blinds, and you know we we uh, got a brand new lab, and I. I started to train that the lab and the lab I found out doesn't like feathers that touch of feathers in, in, in her mouth. So <laughs> this is at the beginning of the, the lab's Bill, life. Bill, did, did your lab drink tea? <laughs> you know what? I don't know what this lab did, but it's a lemon. I tell you, it's, it's not a, a tea, lemon. it's a lemon. <laughs> you know, I trained it with uh, the Dokin dead fowl retriever, you know, and it's the almost dog. It's almost a dog. It's an almost, an almost a dog. Yeah, you're right. It's all, it almost knows what it's supposed to do. So, so he, I, 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 uh, I shot some wood ducks. That's a story for another time. But I shot some wood ducks with a buddy of mine up in Magneto one, and uh, we clipped the wings off the uh, off the birds, and I wanted to use them as a training tool. You know, I, I would sure, yeah. take the you take the wings and I would drag them through the, the property and I would set the, the dog on, on the, the deke, uh, on the, uh, the scent and it would go right up to it, but it would never bring it back. And all, and, and if you can picture uh, a, a dog would, that would curl its lips up and just pick it up as if it was toxic with its, this teeth and, and bring it back as if it was something that was on fire. It was, a lost cause. So, so the dog became a house pet, not a hunting dog. So <laughs> my visions of a retriever or a Labrador retriever went right out the window. So anyways, with, with that, so now I'm my own dog, which comes into play in this story quite, uh, quite clearly. And 
So I get up real early one morning and I, I grab my, my decoys and my, co- my, uh, my layout blind. And I've got, at this point in time, I've got about two dozen, uh, uh, two dozen shells and a, a dozen silhouettes. And I put out my small spread, trying to do the best I can to, to do the V uh, with my, my blind right at the end. And all of a sudden, first light comes and I get some, some honks. Honks are coming off in the distance and, and they're coming in and coming in. And I'm, I'm on my, my call and doing my best imitation of a, a friendly goose trying to get these, these fellas to come in and land. And, and I, I don't know, there was probably six or eight in the, in the flock. It wasn't a big flock. And I jump up and I, I get on the first one and boom, falls like a dish rack. I hit it and boom. Right, right to the ground it goes. Second, second goose in the string. I missed the first shot, and I hit him with the second one, and he falls like like dish towel, boom, right in the ground. And I'm, I'm thinking, hey, this is a pretty good hunt. Yeah. You know, I I don't. I'm by myself. I set up the decoys for one of the first times by myself in my own backyard, basically. You know, everything was going well. My wife comes out, and she actually was out there taking the dog. Uh, for a pee first thing in the morning, and and she saw this whole whole thing unfold, and I could hear her in the back, yeah, you know, she gave me a she gave me the vote of encouragement. Yeah. So I, I don't know, I don't know who you got out there hunting with you, but they could sure shoot, Bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had my own cheerleading squad in the background too, Todd. <laughs> so, so she gives me a yeah, and I tell you, these two birds dropped graveyard dead from the sky down. Well, now, okay, the, the action is, the action is just, I, I get up and I get up and this goose sticks his head up. I'm like, well, yep. Oh, so <laughs> now I'm in panic mode because I get up huh? and it sees me sitting up there and I, I you know, I kind of did the fist pump back to my wife and, she, and as I look her back around to pick these geese up, one is dead for sure. It, it, and the second one picks his head up. Well, now. It takes a beeline and is hauling and trucking across the field. And, and my wife is watching the whole scene unfold in the background here. And I get up and I had, I had my, my gun and I had a, a couple of shells and I take a, take a shot at it and I missed. Yeah, no but chance. Now I'm, now I'm panic, keep panicking, right? I take another shot and I miss. And now it's getting further away, going towards the, the bush row. On the other side of this field is a, a high corn field, not cut yet. Oh, I'm thinking if it hits that, that you're edge done. Row, it's done. Yeah. So now it, it, somebody watching this from my wife's perspective must have had a good laugh because now I'm trucking it across the field as fast as I can go. And I put the gun down because I, I can't hit it. Now I'm going to tackle it. I'm a football player, <laughs> you know, a big, tough guy. I'm going to tackle this goose. <laughs> so I'm running across the field at this goose and I catch it <laughs> and I tackle it. And, <laughs> you know, I pay to see that. Time, yeah. The whole time she has the dog in her hands and the dog was useless helping me out in this story. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, you don't want to mess with a goose. I've been, I, we had family, uh, family friends that had a farm and they had a pet goose named Fifi and we were playing catch with a tennis ball and that darn thing, it could pick that tennis ball up. But if you went, if the ball go over my head, I go to get it. Fifi's on it and Fifi's not letting you get near doing that. And I learned early on then don't do it. And so dad, we, he's the king of the long shot. I, I, I will say like that he can shoot. And so 
there's been times when like we're sitting there and a, and the ducks will come in. We, we unload and all right. Yeah. How many we get? And then we're talking like, how many you get? <laughs> what the heck? Like they're way too far away to have the flocks leaving. And you'll look out at like 65 yards and one's fallen. <laughs> Shut up. What's going on? And I'm like, how did you hit that with steel? I got bismuth. <laughs> but but he still it takes some skill to line up on a mallard flying away at 65 yards like you're it's unbelievable you're like whatever so you walk out and you pace out to pick that sucker up it's out there man so i remember the first time that dad took this long shot this goose we were at this we were at the other place where there's not many bands and uh that area and there's some we're in a field and it probably goes for three four hundred yards and then there's some long grass and not woods, but long grass. And I'm certain there's a pond in the middle of the long grass, but we're out there hunting. And this last goose is flying away. Dad takes a shot. It wings it and down it goes. Well, it lands, it feathers down into the long grass. Well, I got to go get it. So I'm walking through this long grass and I say long, I mean, it's up near my waist and I can hear like a rattlesnakes in the freaking, but hissing <laughs> in the grass. And I'm looking for this thing. And all I can think of is I've heard stories that their wings can break your femur and all yeah, kinds of jazz. And I'm walking slow with my gun and I'm looking and I'm thinking, I'm just going to grab this thing by the neck and we are out. And I'm going through, well, I finally come up on it and there, and it is swinging its head and swiping its wings at me through the grass and I'm trying to go for and grab it by the head and it would not. I got so paranoid. I took four steps back and unloaded. Done. Done. Picked yeah. it up, carried it back. And that same hunt, we picked up a bunch of geese and this was before we had full bodies and everything. We were hunting with shells. And and I think, do we have the goose chairs or were we in the blinds at that time? I don't even remember. Now. It might've been goose chairs at that time. Like we're going way back, but yeah. we would put the geese under the shells, right? The dead geese yeah, under your shell decoys, the big magnums. So we're sitting there and waiting for another flock to come in. And next thing I know, this magnum shell lifts up a little bit and this goose goes screaming behind us and heading for the, <laughs> for the corn. What the heck? And now you're, you're, we're, I'm running after it. Like the thing sat there for what, dad, 45 minutes. Oh yeah. They play dead on you. <laughs> on, yeah. Next thing you know, I wouldn't it's, believe it. It's gone. And if you just stacked him up in a pile, he'd have been gone. You wouldn't even have known he was gone. Cause that shell <laughs> wouldn't have moved. Oh yeah. We've, we've walked up. I don't know if you remember in that one farm when that young boy used to come out with us, we walked up to the pile of geese. We had them all counted. We we're all putting everything away. Said, okay, let's get this, this pile of geese loaded. We walk up to the pile of geese and all of a sudden one jumps up and blasts out of that geese, <laughs> scared the liver out of us, ran right between us. He, he was in there playing dead. <laughs> it's a laugh. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no that's some some crazy but yeah to go back Done. to your point you need to focus on a goose yeah sorry i was hijacking it back yeah. go no i just was curious if uh if your dad's ever shot a band of bird or band of goose yep oh yeah 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 quite I a have. few yeah he's that the, him and scott have shot more than i i've got more duck bands really for years before todd was even born or even after when he was too young to go I only hunted ducks. We didn't see the geese around like you you do now. And uh, we'd get, you know, 50 to 100 ducks in a year. So I got a nice string of duck bands. And then when you send in the number, they sent you back this nice certificate. Told you where yeah. it was banded and everything. And, and I had them all framed on the wall at one point in my rec room. They're not there now. But uh, at one point, yeah, they were they were trophies to me. Yeah, they're pretty neat. I mean, uh, I won't spend too much time on it, but we got 
the one band that I did get, it was neat to see where it was banded, how long ago it was banded, and where it came from. Yeah, yeah. The one, the one only band I got was on a mallard, and when I got the mallard mounted, it's a, it's a full like it's landing into my living room. I took the band and put it onto the bird. That's cool. So yeah, it, the story that I was, I didn't. Sh- the one I got mounted wasn't the one that was banded. I thought it was a cool, cool thing, anyways, to put the band on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. On the mount, but uh, I don't remember. And I think actually, if if my memory serves me right, underneath the mount, uh, it's on a piece of driftwood that, like I said, is landing into the living room. If I went up on the shelf, I'd find the certificate that shows exactly where it came from, and it came from a long piece away to get to that field in uh, in Fort Erie, uh, where where I ended up taking it. it yeah. It's yeah. amazing how far it, they went. Oh, it is. It is pretty cool. They still do that. They email you the certificate now, so it's a lot cheaper for them, I think. But yeah, they uh, they yeah. still do it. It's kind of cool. Now, this was pre pre the goose season era when I was still hunting ducks. I had a buddy of mine, and we hunted five days a week. We get on the same shift, and we hunted Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, took Friday off, and then we hunted again Saturday. And there was one year it was really dry, and we, we hunted wet cornfields. We hunted uh, wet spots, you know, sloughs. And we hunted a lot of ducks, and it was so dry. There was no wet spots anywhere around. And so in one, this one area that it had always had water, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten inches of water in this field, it was non-existent. So we took two big sheets of plastic, and we laid the plastic out there where the water should have been, and then we just put the decoys right on the plastic. We propped them up with the keels and everything on the plastic, and then we hid in the, in the weeds. And uh, this mallard hen come over. We started calling, circled, come in, got about three feet over the plastic. And it looked like it was going to land on the water and then thought the better of it. And it just hovered there. And it was my buddy's turn to shoot. And I said, are you going to shoot? Well, I looked. He's laughing so hard. His eyes are watering. He's wearing glasses. He can't shoot. He says, I can't see. I can't see. This duck's too funny. He's you shoot it. I just up and, and, and shot the duck in it. It fell right on the plastic, and we named it. His, <laughs> his last name was Underhill. Mine was Millard, so we named it Lake Mill Hill. And uh, we talked forever about Lake Mill Hill the day that mallard hovered over that plastic with head going back and forth trying to figure out what it was. Now, if there ain't dudes right now going to find themselves some plastic for upcoming yeah. waterfowl season, yeah. right? You ain't listening to our podcast, I'll tell you what. If there ain't a pond, you make a pond. That's being uh, innovative right there. That, that's redneck ingenuity. <laughs> Tell you what, it was. That's that's something. So the only thing we haven't covered that people are probably going like it probably you need this is a staple is is calling. Yeah, and we're at an hour now, and so I'm gonna give what I feel calling is it's the much needed time that it deserves, and say just call. There, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, See? I don't, I don't put, I don't know about you, Bill, and then you chime in. I don't put a whole lot of weight into Colin. I really don't. We do it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely do it. And I've got kind of a little secret recipe now that I, I do and I've done for the last few years that seems to really work, but it's not what you would think where you're like going to Stuttgart, Arkansas to enter the big Colin competition. And, uh, I've never had an expensive goose call. Like I got a, I got one now it's valued over a hundred and something dollars. Right. And to me, that's an expensive goose call. That's I never had, yeah, I've never, me. I never had one that was over 15 bucks, like Walmart, yeah. Bass Pro Cabela's plastic and, and work just fine. 
because I don't, I don't believe you need to be no champion caller to bring him in. And late season guys are like, well, what about the late early season? Yeah. What about the late season, late season call less? Cause a bunch of clowns been out for the first month going. <laughs> and now when you throw that at them, they, they ain't even going to look at you. No. So it's called even less. So before I give my little spiel that I, I think we figured out over the last few years that we do to bring him in, I got two, I got two things that I think are quintessential after the decoy spread set up and you've covered up your blinds that we do that we're like we have to have these things we have to do this but what are your thoughts on calling so yeah before you get into the final chapter here my my thoughts on calling is is i'm not good at it and i'm i'm a i've been around some really good callers uh but the callers that i've been around um that are really good is is for ducks bluebills uh mallards they sound amazing and it just puts me in a position where I don't want to call, <laughs> you know, I'm scared to call because these guys are so good. <laughs> that, that sounds like I'm going to do something wrong. But to, to say that I call, to say that I called geese in because of my calling would be a gross overstatement. I, I do believe you're absolutely correct that if you have the best setups, the the, the blinds that are, are brushed in, you're ninety percent of the way there. Yeah, and if you're you you're where the geese want to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're going to, maybe you're going to go over to flagging. I'm not sure if you're going to do this or not, yep. but yep, that's, that's me, one of my, one of my staples. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wasn't going to jump too much on your, on your thunder here, but well, I think it, the calls are more so for, uh, recognizing, right. Recognizing there's something in the field. Get their attention. Yet. Yep. And Get their attention. And I will say, up. give them a little comfort. So what, and, and that's, you led me right in. So that's my number one thing that I feel is calling, right? So we've got such a spread of decoys that they see us. We're in the spot they want to land because we've done our homework, which is 80% of goose hunting, right? We've, we've scouted, we found the field they're in. We know the, the spot of the field where they want to land. So we put our decoys there. We know they're going to see us. Now it's a matter of making sure that they know this is still the spot one and B the comfort, right? So if there's 160 geese there and there's a flock coming in, they're going to make a little bit of noise. They're not, they might not be going nuts, but they're going to make a little bit of noise. So it's that comfort level. So we've got a system now where Scotty flag and I, and I'll be honest, I think Scotty calls way better than I do. He just doesn't do it much. And so he will join me at the beginning and then later at the end, but in the middle. So when we hear him, will call back so that they know this direction, this direction, just in case they're, they're not ones that were from that field. Maybe yeah. they're in a different field or something and you can hear them. You can't see them. They're on the other side of those trees or whatever. So you're calling to let them know. Now they're coming into sight. Scotty's on the flag. And so Scotty's running a goose flag like crazy. And for anybody that doesn't have even a clue, a goose flag is a, is a black may have the white where the tail is and, and, and a bit maybe on the wings, Enough, but it, it's in the silhouette of a goose to a flagpole and you take it and you wave it and flap it slowly towards the ground like they're landing and so they see what that uh, sorry it's it's like a nylon yeah it's it's not a a, a dense uh piece of cardboard or piece no of it's wood. flag it's flag this material is, this is, right it's yeah, thin. It, it it flaps in the yeah. wind and it's attached to two Two stakes, one going to either side of the wing, centralized on a pole yep. that you can, from your uh, layout blind, 
hold that pole and, and do your, your thing with it. Yeah. So, so, so exactly. No, that's perfect. So you're flapping this thing with your arm and slowly lowering it to the ground. Like the geese are landing. So that we found really, really, we've had flocks that, you know, early season, the families aren't flocked up yet. There could be some going across the road to that field. There could be some going to the field next to you. If you're in a big enough field, there could be some going the other side of the field and you want to pull them into your decoys and they know there's a family that feeds there and they don't care. So they might not even come look at your decoys because they're their own family and they're going, it's early season. They don't want to be near them. They're not flocked up. They're going to their spot. But if you got that flag, you're going to make them look twice. So Scotty gets on the flag and gets going and I start calling when they're that far out. I'm hitting them pretty hard. I mean, I'm trying to sound like I'm a flock. Right. So <laughs> something like that. So I'm going crazy uh, until I, I know. And the minute, you know, they're coming your direction. They're not going to skirt you. They're not going sideways. They're coming your direction. I don't have to do that anymore. Okay. They're coming. The minute they set their wings, which the geese will set their wings, you know, a couple hundred yards out. And that's how, you know, the first time they set their wings, you know, they're giving you the hard look. They've seen you. Their chances are they're coming in. If they've set their wings, it's because they're taking a look at your decoys or they're committed and already coming in. So the minute they set their wings the first time, that's it. Scotty, put that flag away. And then he picks up his call with me and we'll just hit them every now and then and just hit them a little bit. And they're coming in. And then once they're within 200 yards and they'll do some wing stalling for those that don't know, wing stalls again is when they they've got to drop 20 yards in a hurry because they realize they're too high and they want to land there. They turn completely sideways so that they are, their wings are straight up and down 90 degrees to the ground and they just drop and then they pull their wings back out and like a parachute and catch themselves straight up again and then continue to it's, come in. It's neat. And that, I, that's oh. my, one of my favorite sights watching a flock of geese come in when they do that. Doing the wing stalls. Just, oh yeah. Flip and then coming in. Oh. Yeah. And, and, and other than being cupped up with their feet out, that's, that's the, the best sights you know it is when they're wing because now you know they're really coming down to take a look right they're not up there staying high and and taking off so the wing stalling and that so we'll be calling just just every now and then and not crazy i mean everybody says oh don't over call don't and i don't think you can over call any animal but i do believe that there's a comfort level with geese that you need to set And, and it might vary from flock to flock but you can tell how much they're calling and that's my other secret sauce in the last few years that i feel i have figured out so once they get where they're within 200 yards or so like really can hear like they're within ear distance they're they're committed at this point wings are cupped they're coming in you're going to have the lead goose or the one back one back going and it'll just every now and then and all i do is echo him so when he i and then there could be 10 seconds of silence that i'm fine with that they're coming i don't have to do anything wings are cut man they're in my hand is now turning my taking my safety off and i am positioning my gun inside my leo blind so i'm ready to pop and the minute that he i i'm exact echo him and if he goes I'll hit him and I, and I just pull that echo and it just, for me, I don't know, dad, you, you tell, I don't even know if dad can hear me calling to be honest with you when we're in the blinds. Oh, I can hear, but I can't call. 
Yeah. (laughs) If you want like buzzards to come in because they think it's like a dying owl, you hand out a goose call. When we were up (laughs) in in Barry at the Bass Pro there and putting on that, uh, that the uh, goose hunting clinic on a budget yeah, yeah. and we were there there was a professional from one of the call companies up there and i wanted to buy one of his calls and i said oh yeah i remember that you I, went over and, and yeah, asked them can he you teach me to spent, call he spent two <laughs> hours trying to teach me to call he says we got one of the easiest calls in the world he says i'll have you calling in 10 minutes two hours later he's done nothing but laugh at me well <laughs> i never i never bought a call because i i can't call yeah and that just right there solidified our our uh our seminar by saying you don't have to be that great of a caller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at these pictures and see, and that was him calling. But yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think you need to be a, a, a pro caller. And really, I never, we never get on it. The only time we get hard on it is when they're flying away. And then yeah. you only got a 10% shot, right? So they didn't like something. They weren't coming to your field anyway. They were just taking a look at you and now they're going. I mean, they call it a comeback hail. I mean, I get on. And Scotty's on. We sound like 4,000 geese going crazy. You may, you may get one or two break away from and the you, And we've done it. Another it's, circle. it's the only. But for the majority. Yeah. It's the only thing that makes us do that every time is every now and then you'll break one or two off. And those one or two are dumb enough to cup the wings and drop back in. Right. If they were dumb yeah. enough to break off. And so do you get that one or two a season? It's enough that every flock that goes past you, yeah. that's taken off. You're going to hammer them with that call. And again, uh, we don't sound awesome. I don't, I don't think we sound awesome. Like we could not compete in Arkansas. I'll tell you that much, but it's that high pitch, high ball. And let's face it. When somebody's screaming from 500 yards away, if they got a deep voice, you ain't hearing them, but you get my wife out there screaming at me. I bet you they can hear her four blocks away because it's that high pitch <laughs> shrill <laughs> scream. You, and you, so that's all that matters. You, you've, heard me that. you've heard me say before, Bill, that I can't hear what these guys are saying. And I miss a lot, like where they're coming from and whatever. But one thing I do hear loud and clear is, Dad, put the call down. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the comfort factor. And I don't want them to think we got some screech owl rolling around in the decoys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure those two those two species don't get along too well. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, it's it's the high ball, and I don't think it, you got to be that pro. But that high pitch is what to me that's what's going to carry. So if there's any call you need to do, it's that and you make sure you hit that uh, and I'll even hit that a couple times. So I'll and I'll stay up there high because I know at 500 yards they're not hearing the that's a low frequency that ain't traveling that but they are going to hear that ah, ah. so anyway that's that's my whole goose hunting tips tricks stories and then we got more stories and more stories oh, that we can share over time that is just a blast i mean there's all kinds of craziness that we get into when we're goose hunting and stuff that happens but no, i think that i think that's good and i think that we should also bring out there too is if there's anybody that's got a question you know, hit us up for, for the questions you have. And, oh, absolutely. And I learn every time I'm on, I'm on these podcasts with you guys that are much more, more seasoned goose hunters than I am. But I ask questions, um, and, and I hope that we can answer a lot of the stuff just by the questions I'm asking. But if there's something that, that you, you're not getting that you want to know or we've skipped over top of it real quick and you want a little bit more detail, please 
ask and we'd be glad to. Yeah, we don't even have to put you say your name if you don't want your name. I'm going to say we got no, a question no, no. from somebody, but by all means, yeah, like hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash the redneck country or uh, email us podcast at the redneck country.com and, and yeah, ask questions away by all means. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the redneck country podcast. I'm Bill, the almost guy, Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at the redneck country.com. Again, that's podcast at the redneck country.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.